Hello children, it is your dad. I'm back in the office. 5 a.m. Just going through my cabinet, got some coffee, make some. We'll get into 1 Samuel 5, beginning of Samuel's ministry. Will also coincide with the ascension of Saul's uh, short monarchy in Israel first. So I'm errant noise right now. Your mom had a bicycle accident yesterday when the entrepreneur kind of cut her off like a few houses away from our house. Um, so uh, she's been kind of sore. What else has been going on? Nothing too much. Just trying to organize my life, my office, and let's see. I think we have anything planned this week or weekend. You guys have something called President's Week next week where you guys don't go to school. Ugh. Some parents call it ski week, so they could go skiing. Your mom and I um, are almost violently opposed to skiing. We think it just appears too rich, too uh, bougie, as the as the word would, as we would say. So we're probably going to stay home, which is fine. Um, maybe we could get the main bedroom cleaned out. That would be a would be a good project for everyone. So. Um, what else is going on? <sighs> what am I tired? I think I've been up, I've been up since two. So well, yeah, at least two. I did not want to walk here this morning, but I just couldn't go back to sleep, and the namesake was in our bed. And using my pillow, just doing this great starfish impression. As soon as he gets into our bed, you kick the covers off usually. Then your mom kind of veers to the other side of the bed. Oh, sorry. Coffee brewing sound is kind of loud. Today's like one of my shorter days. It's Thursday, so I'm going to try and take all you kids to school. If your mom's really not doing well, it might be a light concussion. Then I'm going to come to the office for a little bit. I have a court hearing at 930 and I have a client appointment at 11 or 11.30. Then after that, I think I'm going to go home. I, I have another hearing tomorrow. Um, probably a petition that's going to be denied. Very interesting case. Wish I could talk about it, but I can't. Oh, that is so loud. Come on. There we go. It's done. It's nice to get the office, like, in the middle of the night or, like, early or early morning. I just walk around with my socks. feels like I'm home. I kind of am. I really love, really love this place. Hope I can stay here for a very long time. We will see. We will see. Your mom had this amazing breakthrough 
the other day. She's always had, um, I think, issues with accepting grace. And I actually spoke to her at length about... Uh, sorry. About, at length about how every biblical, historical person in the Bible, except for one, every one had, had enormous flaws. Enormous. And growing up, we're not taught about those flaws so much. We're taught about um, all the great works they've done, which is bad theology because it's really God that did those great works. We're taught that Samson was strong, but not what actually happened was the Holy Spirit would just rush through him and he would do these great feats uh, using the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, wasn't that he was strong. His obedience was strong. That's what was strong. Uh, but but he uh, he had flaws just like everybody. Moses had flaws. And so God just spoke to her the other day saying, kind of like helping her to understand what grace is and that it's freely given. And God made you fearfully and wonderfully. And it's it's been nice because it's always been a struggle for your mom. Sometimes we've done Bible study and she's just been angry afterwards. Not angry, but just like feeling so less than. So that was really great. It was a really answered prayer. Where are we? Samuel 5 today. First Samuel 5. Let's see. That's right. So to recap, the Philistines captured the Ark. The Israelites were not really... Yeah, the Israelites were kind of treating the Ark as like a, like a talisman instead of... Um, the place God actually dwelt. And so God is, has allowed the enemies to take it into their possession. And I'll tell you right now, it ain't going to work out for them. This is not going to work out for the Philistines. Um, chapter 5. When the Philistines captured the Ark of God, they brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Then the Philistines took the Ark of God and brought it into the house of Dagon and set it up beside Dagon. And when the people of Ashdod rose early the next day, behold, Dagon had fallen face downward on the ground before the Ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and put him back in his place. But then when they rose early on the next morning, behold, Dagon had fallen face downward on the ground before the Ark of the Lord. And the head of Dagon and both his hands were lying cut off on the threshold. Only the trunk of Dagon was left to him. This is why the priests of Dagon and all who enter the house of Dagon do not tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod to this day. The hand of the Lord was heavy against the people of Ashdod, and he terrified and afflicted them with tumors, both Ashdod and its territory. When the men of Ashdod saw, excuse me, saw how, many, how things were, they said, The ark of God of Israel must not remain with us, for his hand is hard against us uh, and against Dagon, our God. God, little g. So they sent and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, What shall we do with the ark of, God, of the God of Israel? They answered, Let the ark of the God of Israel be brought around to Gath. So they brought the ark of God of Israel there. But after they had brought it around, the hand of the Lord was against the city, causing a very great panic, and he afflicted the men of the city, both young and old, so that tumors broke out on them. So they sent the ark of God to Ekron. But as soon as the ark of God came to Ekron, the people of Ekron cried out 
and brought around us. Excuse me. Uh, they cried out. They have brought around us the ark of the God of Israel to kill us and our people. They sent, therefore, and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, Send away the ark of the God of Israel and let it return to its own people, that it may not kill us and our people. For there was a deathly panic throughout the whole city. The hand of God was very heavy there. The men who did not die were struck with tumors, and the cry of the city went up to heaven. It did not work. In the long run, you cannot use our God against us. That's the message I'm seeing from that. Boy, I'm tired. All right. Chapter 6. The ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. Then the Philistines called for the priests and the diviners, diviners and said, What shall we do? <laughs> what shall we do with the ark of the Lord? Tell us uh, with what we shall send it to its place. And they said, If you send away the ark of the God of Israel, do not send it empty, but by all means return him a guilt offering. Then you will be healed, and it will be known to you why his hand does not turn away from you. And they said, What is the guilt offering that we shall return to him? They answered, Five golden tumors and five golden mice, according to the number of the lords of the Philistines. For the same plague was on all of you and on your lords. <clears throat> so you must make images of your tumors and images of your mice that ravage the land and give glory to the God of Israel. Perhaps he will lighten his hand from off you and your gods in your land. Why should you harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts? After he had dealt severely with them, they did not send the people away. They departed. No, after he had dealt severely with them, did they not send the people away, and they departed? Now then, take and prepare a new cart and two milk cows, on which there has never come a yoke, and yoke the cows to the cart, but take their calves home away from them, and take the ark of the Lord and place it on the cart, and put it in a box on its side. The figures of gold, which you are returning to him as a guilt offering, and then send it off, and let it go its way, and watch. If it goes up on the way to its own land, to Beth Shemesh, then it is he who has done us this great harm. But if not, then we shall know that it is not his hand that has struck us. It happened to us by coincidence. The men did so and took two milk cows and yoked them to the cart and shut up their calves at home. And they put the ark of the Lord on the cart in the box with the golden mice and the images of their tumors. And the cows went straight into the direction of Beth Shemesh along one highway, uh, lowing as they went. They turned neither to the right to the left, and the lords of the Philistines went after them as far as the border of Beth Shemesh. Now the people of, of Beth Shemesh were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley. And when they lifted up their eyes and saw the ark, they rejoiced to see it. The cart came into the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh and stopped there. A great stone was there, and they split up the wood of the cart and offered the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. And the Levites took down the ark of the Lord and the box that was beside it, in which were the golden figures, and set them upon the great stone. And the men of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and sacrificed sacrifices on that day to the Lord. And when the five lords of the Philistines saw it, they returned that day to Ekron. These are the golden tumors that the Philistines returned as a guilt offering to the Lord, one for Ashdod, one for Gaza, one for Ashkelon, one for Gath, and one for Ekron, and the golden mice according to the number of the cities of the Philistines belonging to the five lords. Both fortified cities and unwalled villages, the great stone beside which they set down the ark of the Lord, is a witness to this day in the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh. And he struck some of the men of the Beth Shemesh uh, because they looked upon the ark of the Lord. 
He struck seventy men of them, and the people mourned because the Lord had struck the people with a great blow. Then the men of Beth Shemesh said, Who is able to stand before the Lord, this holy God? And to whom shall he go up away from us? So they sent messengers to the inhabitants of kirath Jerem, saying, The Philistines have returned the ark of the Lord. Come down and take it up to you. You know, what I get from that is, is God revealed himself even to his chosen people's enemies. And his chosen people's enemies, the Philistines, or Philistines, I, whichever way you want to say it, they, um, they feared God. They feared the Israelite God. They realized that the Israelite God was God, and they they revered it at least enough to send it back. They did not want it to do any more damage. It's interesting. It it's interesting because you know I think of it this way sometimes. Um, people with not as much, what's it called, instruction in the Lord have a stronger faith. And I know the analogy breaks down here, but the Philistines were, at least the lords and the priests of Dagon, realized what they were dealing with, and they sent it away, and they knew they had to send a guilt offering. You know, another thing that keeps coming up in the Old Testament, like over and over again, non-Israelites who have to face Israel, non-Israelites will, they know the story of God rescuing the Israelites from Pharaoh. They know that story. They they know it to be true. So they, it's, it's fascinating that it just keeps coming up. Uh, let's see. Where are we? Okay. <sighs> I have a splinter in my knuckle. That's interesting. I didn't think it was there, huh? So, wow. These chapters are kind of short, so maybe we'll get further along. Let's see. So I'm just totally... Uh, what's it called? Um, just procrastinating. Hang on. I went on Twitter and I, I posted all the last episodes I haven't posted yet. That was important to me. Let's see. Hang on one second. All right. Chapter 7. And the men of kiriath Jerim came and took the Ark of the Lord took up the ark of the Lord and brought it to the house of Abinadab on the hill, and they consecrated his son Eliezer to have charge of the ark of the Lord. From the day that the ark was lodged with kiriath Jerem, a long time passed, some twenty years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. And Samuel said to all the house of Israel, If you are returning to the Lord with all your heart, then put away the foreign gods and the Ashtaroth from among you, and direct your heart to the Lord, and serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Should I start saying Philistines? I'm going to start saying Philistines. I think it's Philistine. So the people of Israel put away the Baals and the Ashtaroth, and they served the Lord only. Then Samuel said, Gather all Israel at Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered 
Mizpah, and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said there, We have sinned against the Lord, and Samuel judged the people of Israel at Mizpah. Now when the Philistines heard that the people of Israel had gathered at Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. When the people of Israel heard of it, they were afraid of the Philistines. And the people of Israel said to Samuel, Do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us, that they may save us, that he may save us from the hands of the Philistines. So Samuel took a nursing lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. And Samuel cried out to the Lord of Israel, and the Lord answered him. And Samuel was offering up the burnt offering. As Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to attack Israel. But the Lord thundered with a mighty sound that day against the Philistines, and threw them into confusion, and they were routed before Israel. And the men of Israel went out from Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and struck them as far as below Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and called its name Ebenezer. For he said, Till now the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and did not, in, and did not again enter the territory of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. The cities that the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel. From Ekron to Gath, and Israel delivered their territory from the hand of the Philistines. There was peace also between Israel and the Amorites. Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life, and he went on a, a circuit year by year to Bethel, Gilgal, and Mizpah, and he judged Israel in all these places. Then he would return to Ramah, for his home was there, and there also he judged Israel, and he built there an altar to the Lord. <clears throat> I wonder what Hannah, his mother, was thinking this whole time, because Hannah's husband, who had two wives, um, that his other wife was always talking, pretty much talking trash to Hannah. Would love to see how Hannah was act, was dealing with that, watching her son judge all of Israel. Although she might not be alive because she was older when she had Samuel. And this is like 20 years after Samuel become judge and after Eli died, I think. Um, all right. Chapter 8. When Samuel became old, he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abijah. And there were judges in Beersheba. Yet his sons did not walk in, in his ways, but turned aside after gain. They took bribes and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Behold, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us, like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of the people and all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. According to all the deeds that they have done, from the day I brought them out of Egypt, even to the, this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are also doing to you. Now then, obey their voice, only you shall solemnly warn them, and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king from him. He said, These will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots, and to be his horsemen, and run and to run before his chariots. And he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties, and some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest, and to make his implements of war and the weapon and the equipment of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. 
He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He will take the tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and to his servants. He will take your male servants and female servants and the best of your young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. And in that day you will cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, No, but there shall be a king over us, uh, that we may also be like all the other nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And when Samuel had heard all the words of the people, he repeated them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey their voice and make them a king. Samuel then said to the men of Israel, Go, every man to his city. Chapter 9. There is a man of Benjamin, whose name was Kish, son of Abiel, son of Zeror, son of Becherath, son of Aphiah, a Benjamite, a man of wealth, and he had a son whose name was Saul, a handsome young man. There was not a man among the people of Israel more handsome than he. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. Now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. So Kish said to, his, said to Saul, his son, Take one of the young men with you and arise. Go and look for the donkeys. And he passed through the hill country of Ephraim and passed through the land of Shalashah. Uh, but they did not find them. And they passed through the land of Shalim, but they were not there. Then they passed through the land of Benjamin, but did not find them. When they came to the land of Zuf, Saul said to his servant, Who is with him? Come, let us go back. Lest my father ceased to care about the donkeys and become anxious about us. But he said to him, Behold, there is a man of God in the city, and he is a man who is held in honor. All that he says comes true. So no, let us go there. Perhaps he could tell us the way we should go. Then Saul said to his servant, But if we go, what can we bring the man? For the bread in our sacks is gone, and there is no present to bring the man of God. What do we have? The servant answered Saul again, here uh, I have with me a quarter of a shekel of silver, and I will give it to the man of God to tell us uh, our way. Formerly in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, he said, Come, let us go to the seer, for today's prophet was formerly called a seer. And Saul said to his servant, Well said, Come, let us go. So they went to the city where the man of God was. As they went up the hill to the city, they met young women coming out to draw water and said to them, Is the seer here? They answered, He is, behold, he is just ahead of you. Hurry. He has come just now to the city, because the people have a sacrifice today on the high place. As soon as you enter the city, you will find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. For the people will not eat till he comes, since he must bless the sacrifice afterward. Uh, so those who are invited will eat. Now go up, for you will meet him immediately. So they went up to the city. As they were entering the city, they saw Samuel coming out toward them on his way up to the high place. Now the day before Saul came, the Lord had revealed to Samuel, Tomorrow about this time I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him to be prince over my people Israel. He shall save my people from the hand of the Philistines, for I have seen my people because their cry has come to me. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord told him, Here is the man of whom I spoke to you. He It, it is he who shall restrain my people. Then Saul approached Samuel in the gate and said, Tell me where is the house of the seer? Samuel answered Saul, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place, for you shall eat with me, and in the morning I will let you go and will tell you all that is on your mind. 
As for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not set your mind on them, for they have been found. And for whom uh, is all that is desirable in Egypt, in, in, in Israel? It is not for you and for all your father's house. So, I'm sorry, I'm reading that completely wrong. As for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not set your mind on them, for they have been found. And for whom is all that is desirable in Israel? Is it not for you and for all your father's house? Saul answered, Am I not a Benjamite from the least of the tribes of Israel? And is not my clan the humblest of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why then have you spoken to me this way? Then Samuel took Saul and his young man and brought them into the hall and gave them a place to, at the head of those who had been invited, who were about thirty persons. And Samuel said to the cook, Bring the portion I gave you, of which I said to you, put it aside. So the cook took it up, the leg, took it as his leg. Let me get that right. So the cook took up the leg and what was on it and set them before Saul. And Samuel said, See what was kept is set before you. Eat, because it was kept for you until the hour appointed that you might eat with the guests. So Saul ate with Samuel that day, and when they came down from the high place into the city, a bed was spread for Saul on the roof, and he lay down to sleep. Then at the break of dawn, Samuel called to Saul on the roof, Up, that I may send you on your way. So Saul arose, and both he and Samuel went into the street. As they were going down to the outskirts of the city, Samuel said to, Paul, to Saul, Tell the servant to pass on before us. When he has passed on, stop there, uh, here yourself for a while, that I may make known to you the word of God. Oh, fascinating. Pretty much Samuel's saying, Tell your servant to walk on. We need to talk seriously. Interesting. You know, um, my dad would have these what do we call it? He would genuflect whenever I, I needed to like leave an area. And this only happened like when we were doing men's ministry. My father was in charge of the men's ministry at our church. And occasionally men would go up to him troubled and they needed prayer. And my dad would like look at me and kind of like nod his head. Like you need to find another place to be so there's privacy and, so I, I kind of can relate in this way, you know, Samuel saying, tell the servant, go up ahead. <laughs> like men need to talk. Not saying the servant, not saying the servant isn't a man, but it's fascinating how, how uh, Samuel wants to talk to Saul alone. Makes a lot of sense. Let's see. Chapter 10. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Has not the Lord anointed you to be prince over the, his people Israel? And you shall reign over the people of the Lord, and you will save them from the hand of their surrounding enemies. And this shall be the sign to you that the Lord has anointed you to be prince over his heritage. When you depart from me today, you will meet two men 
by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Zelzah, and they will say to you, The donkeys that you went to seek are found, and now your father has ceased to care about the donkeys and is anxious about you, saying, What shall I do about my son? Then you shall go on from there farther and come to the oak of Tabor. Three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you there, and one carrying three young goats, another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a skin of wine. And they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread, which you shall accept from their hand. After that you shall come to Gilbeath Elohim, where there is a garrison of the Philistines. Philistines. And there, as soon as you come to the city, you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with harp, tambourine, flute, and lyre before them, prophesying. Then the Spirit of the Lord will rush upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. Now when these signs meet you, do what your hand finds to do, for God is with you. Then go down before me to Gilgal, and behold, I am coming to you to offer burnt offerings and to sacrifice peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait until I come to you and show you what you shall do. When he turned his back to leave Samuel, God gave him another heart. And all these signs came to pass that day. When they came to Gibeah, uh, behold, a group of prophets met him, and the Spirit of God rushed upon him, and he prophesied among them. And when all who knew him previously saw how he prophesied with the prophets, the people said to one another, What has come over the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? And a man of the place answered, And who is their father? Therefore it became a proverb, Is Saul also among the prophets? When he finished prophesying, he came to the high place. Saul's uncle said to him and to his servant, Where did you go? And he said, To seek the donkeys. And when we saw they were not to be found, we went to Samuel. And Saul's uncle said, Please tell me what Samuel said to you. And Saul said to his uncle, He told us plainly that the donkeys had been found, but about the matter of the kingdom of which Samuel had spoken, he did not tell him anything. It's interesting. Now Samuel called the people together to the Lord at Mizpah, and he said to the people of Israel, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I brought up Israel out of Egypt, and I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all the kingdoms that were oppressing you. But today you uh, have rejected your God who saves you from all your calamities and your distresses, and you have said to him, Set a king over us. Now therefore present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your thousands. Then Samuel brought all the tribes of Israel near, and the tribe of Benjamin was taken by Lot. He brought the tribe of Benjamin near by its clans, and the clan of the Matrites was taken by Lot. And Saul, the son of Kish, was taken by Lot. But when they sought him, he could not be found. So they inquired again of the Lord, Is there a man still to come? The Lord said, Behold, he has hidden himself among the baggage. Then they ran and took him from there. And when he stood among the people, he was taller than any of the other people, from his shoulders upwards. And Samuel said to all the people, Do you see him whom the Lord has chosen? There is none like him among among all the people. And all the people shouted, Long live the king. Then Samuel told the people the rights and duties of the kingship. And he wrote them in a book and laid laid it up before the Lord. Then Samuel sent all the people away each one to his home. Saul also went to his home at Gibeah, and with him went men of valor whose hearts God had touched. But some worthless fellows said, How can this man save us? And they despised him and brought him no present, but he held his peace. So, it's interesting that when Saul was prophesying, just looking back, people were saying, Oh, is he a prophet now too? These are people like from Saul's hometown. And it's interesting because Jesus mentioned this. Uh, I think uh, 
when he was in a, was it a synagogue in Nazareth or something like that. And, and he said the prophet's not, he said something like a prophet is not welcome in his own hometown. Something like that. I'm getting it wrong. But you understand what I'm saying. Uh, so we, let's see. And, uh, where else was the, I also find it interesting that he didn't tell his uncle what Samuel had told him. And by contrast, it's interesting that Saul was chosen first. He's described as the most handsome man in Israel and the tallest. Whereas the person that replaces Saul was described as ruddy, which I think means red-haired. And of all the sons of Jesse, the shortest and the youngest. So I, fi- I find that really interesting that the first king is like this huge, like kind of like behemoth, good-looking guy, and the next one is probably still good-looking because I think I think that's how he's described. He was short, but his heart was for God. Not saying Saul's wasn't. Eventually, was not, but. David's heart was always, uh, his heart was always for God. So it's about 5.30 right now, and uh, just about finished with my coffee. I'm going to walk home in a little bit. I might stop and get a Starbucks, I don't know. But then I'm going to uh, go home. I'm not, I'm not going to sleep. And I'm going to try and get you kids ready. And hopefully your mom can sleep in. And hope she doesn't have a concussion. But she's going to have to go to the doctor today somehow. I have a lot lot on my plate. Let me... We will see what I need to do. I I think those are done. Anyways... I love you children. I'm sorry, I'm just not... I'm just tired today. You know, so many times a week I get calls by people who want to sue a sibling. And it makes me really sad. And I've noticed that the strongest families are the families that really emphasize the importance of sibling love. And I hope I don't create a an environment where there's rivalry. I'm is that my sorry. I um you're all fearfully and wonderfully made in, in your own ways. And you all have amazing skills and different skills. Um and you're you're beautiful. You really are. I mean by the time you read this or read this. By the time you listen to this, we'll probably you'll probably be in college or later, and and I um, just want to tell you that I'm very proud of you. Wherever I am in my life, I'm 
very proud of you, and I'm probably boring strangers to death telling them about you. Uh, I miss you. And even if you guys are living in my house still, <laughs> I miss you. I want to be with you always and all the time. And and after a while, it can't happen. Kids need to go out on their own, too. So I don't want to... I don't want to... Let's um, stop, stop that. I guess I'm just rambling now. <sighs> Love each other, please. And forgive each other. Be loving in such a way that all four of you would have no problem calling each other anytime. If you're struggling, because humans struggle. We all do. So, sorry to drift off, but uh, love the Lord, love your neighbor, and in everything you do, do it for the kingdom and the king. My heart is beating faster in my chest. As I sing of where my loyalties will rest To never wait on the government's to move As the broken and the poor cry out for you For the kingdom and the king For his glory we will say
ask you, my soul, as he has come.